Welcome to season two of the Love Good Podcast, where you learn how to love what is good so you can become what you love and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons, a community of intentional consumers who curate music and books based on the transcendentals of beauty, truth, and goodness. Join us each week as we sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about media, culture, and what it means to be human. We're so happy you're here. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Love Good Podcast. This is your host, Jimmy Mitchell. I'm so excited to be sitting down in just a few moments with Rebecca Rubion, which you may not know, this is the second to last episode of season two. That means Rebecca is our last guest artist in the studio. So this conversation runs the gamut because she's a wife, a mother, an artist. She's been featured on Grey's Anatomy. She's amazing, and she's got some really cool projects and collaborations coming down the pipeline. We get a sneak peek of some of those things in today's episode, which I'm so honored by and excited about. Also want you to know that we've got a very special announcement at the end of the episode concerning a video that's releasing on YouTube from an artist that you love, that we love, and we've had the privilege of partnering with multiple times in the past. That's all you're getting for now. Stay tuned. I'll be back in just a few moments with the one and only Rebecca Rubion. I won't break for nothing Though my mistakes cost me something It's all that I can do And it's more than I Welcome to the Love Good Podcast, everybody. This is your host, as always, Jimmy Mitchell, sitting down with Rebecca Rubion. How you doing, Rebecca? I'm doing well. How are you, Jimmy? Good. It has been a little while, actually, since we've even been able to hang out. It was such a privilege having you over, I guess it was last May, and you were a part of the really beautiful house concert that we did and recorded. We're still trickling out videos, actually, on YouTube from that night. But actually, you're no stranger to Love Good, especially our patrons. It was a couple years ago we released your Christmas album. Maybe sometime before after that, we did a really cool Love Good exclusive where we combined two of your EPs into one disc and made that available to our patrons. But honestly, we've also been friends for five, six, seven years it's now. It's almost 10 years, Jimmy. Yeah, it's, that's not true. Yes. No, it's not. I moved to Nashville in 2010, and it's almost 2020. 2020. That's actually insane. So I would have just graduated from Vanderbilt, more or less. Yes. And you had just moved from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. That's a long time. I know. I have these really like distinct memories. Maybe it was how I met you. Of a friend of ours, Meg Murray, who had a little apartment not yes. too far from Taylor Swift, which yes, was always like same the cool complex. Factor. Were you living with her? Did we just like maybe meet at a house concert? Did you do a house concert at her place I, once? I definitely played at her apartment. <laughs> and that was such a cool time in Nashville, too, because, you know, the show Na- Nashville was like way ha- hadn't happened yet. And there was like this cool indie underground scene developing Yeah, that... I kind of dove straight into, and we just had this great community of friends and artists who would open up their homes and their little little <laughs> apartments, and we would just have house concerts, and we would, yeah, it was it was great, a great time of collaboration. It's and- it's funny because it's kind of easy to take all that for granted now, 
and I saw that that's sort of the norm of Nashville life and culture. There's a lot of creative energy. There's a lot of people who are hospitable. So things like house concerts just happen very naturally. It was summer of 2013. We took that vision on the road and we did 45 city, a 45 city house concert tour in 60 days. And um, crazy. it was crazy, but it was also really novel at the time. Like most people yeah. who didn't live in a city like Nashville never even heard of the house concerts concert, before. Yep. So you're right. We were a part of something kind of special and unique and kind of budding. I mean, it was very mm-hmm. new at the time. Okay. Before we jump in, because obviously there's a lot of fun things to talk about, like the fact that you're pregnant round two. Uh, yes. You've been married now for a bit, like four years, five no, years? No, no. Gosh. Um, we got married in 2016. It, it'll be... Three years this summer, maybe? Three or? years it's in crazy. May. Mm-hmm. And what a guy. Uh, a lucky guy, but also He's what a guy. He's a great guy. Big fan of Chris. In fact, I'm going to see him for dinner uh, you next are? week. With okay. a bunch of other great men. Yeah, so that's going to be really cool. Romance. Well, you know, he's always sort of like, between me and him, there's always something like that happening out there. Yeah. So it's nice to get the invite from, from Chris. Cool. You know, it's an exciting moment. But tell me this. We've got, I think, a few moments here to just banter a bit about, well, it's been Would You Rather a lot lately, and I've just overdone it, uh, to be fair. But it's kind of dug in quickly to some existential questions where you can imagine an artist having to answer it in three seconds or oh, five yeah. seconds. Not very easy. So maybe this would be a little bit easier. But I'm going to give you true, two, true, two truths and a uh, – how does it go? Two truths and a lie. Yes. You can do the same for me. So I'll, I'll start so you have some time to think. Oh, but you got to figure out which of these three things is, in fact, a lie. All right. I have – seen Michael W. Smith in concert more times than I have seen popes in person. Oh, that's so hard. Uh, it is hard. And actually kind of hard to even know the truth or or falsehood of that myself. Um, <laughs> I have lived in Nashville longer than any other city ever in my lifetime, which is why I feel so much like home. And I have been to every continent, except Antarctica, obviously. Obviously. So which of those three is the lie? You have I think three the first seconds. one's a lie. I bet you've seen the more popes than you have seen uh, Michael W. Okay, Smith that concert. would have been true if I hadn't helped do tour management for Matt Moore when he was opening up for oh, Michael W. Smith. so I got it wrong? Yeah. Yeah, I've not been to every continent. Okay. I've not been to like two or three continents, South America, Africa, Asia. So I've really only been to three continents, maybe four if you include Oceania. Interesting. So you've had time now to ponder the mysteries of your life. Okay. Which are true, which are not. Okay, two truths and a lie. Uh, the only guy to ever break my heart was in high school. Mm. I met Chris while skydiving And I have played music on a cruise ship. There's no way you met Chris while skydiving. Is that real? (laughs) You got it right. Okay. Okay. I was hoping there was a story there. Well, there is a story there. We didn't meet while we were skydiving, but I skydived to impress him. Before we were dating, he to and know it you was were like it was like the second or third time we hung out. Oh my goodness! Where'd you go? 
there's a little place off the, I mean, probably like 45 minutes away from Nashville that we went. It was his Hilarious. birthday and I just met him and I had this huge crush on him. I'm like, I would never skydive, but I have to do this. <laughs> like, I've got to get over my fear. Now that is a great story. Never have I heard of a, well, I'm not even sure you'd call it a date, but like a second or third encounter with the man you were going to marry Yeah, was diving through the, the sky. And I mean, I'm I'm cool and daring, but like skydiving. <laughs> Are you what? more cool or more daring? That's more, a weird question. More cool. Yeah, I was gonna say because daring <laughs> implies like Chris is way more daring than yeah. I. Yeah, is he pretty like is he an adrenaline junkie? Is he that is he that far down? I wouldn't the spectrum? say he's that far, but I would say he 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 is willing to do crazy things uh-huh. yeah. just for the sake of doing crazy things. That's cool. What's the craziest thing you think you've ever done? Other than that, that's pretty crazy. Skydiving is at the top. Hmm, I'd really have to think about that. I'd have to, like, dig deep down inside. Yeah, me too. Uh, Whenever I get that question, I, I go to, like, cave diving in Austria. That's cool. Which is pretty cool. I've ziplined in a cave. Now underground. That is cool. Where? I think it's near Chattanooga. Wow, yeah. That's cool. That was another Chris birthday celebration. They just kept getting more and more epic. I'll tell you. And then I started having to plan them, and it was just a challenge. It's hard to keep at doing yourself when it's that good. Yes. Skydiving and, yeah. I've never even thought that you could jet, what's it called? Zipline. Zipline through a cave. That's insane. So tell me this. You're obviously not afraid of adventure because almost 10 years ago, you moved to the great city of Nashville. You began the very bold enterprise of launching a music career. It was actually quite naive and stupid I would say (laughs) rather than brave I just I think I just did it I I didn't really think about it you know how like you make decisions and you just have a piece about it and Mm. you just do it you don't really think through it more of a gut decision it was like it was that I think if I had known how hard how challenging it would be I'd I'd be interested to see if I would have done it still Mm. I think I still would have but it was definitely a stupid like, I didn't think much about it. I just did it. It's amazing. So if you look back at the last eight or nine years then of pursuing this thing and most seasons full time, what's the what's the lesson to be learned? You know, what would you tell the 22 year old mm. uh, version of yourself if you were just fresh on the scene in Nashville? What advice would you give yourself? Yeah, I'm going to go with the two pieces of advice that I was given by a mentor of mine before I moved here that have rung true. I've I've broken these rules and and learned them the hard way. And I think they're just those life lessons that can get you through anything. But number one is go with your gut. If something doesn't feel right, you got to listen to your gut on that. And number two is be yourself, which is such a like – I mean, total cliche, right? But very, very time and time again, you know, you're influenced or you you feel like you need to fit in a certain box or or to not put yourself in a box or whatever it is. You feel pressure socially to to brand yourself as this kind of artist or have this kind of stage presence when really like authenticity is so translatable, especially in music. And I think the more and more our culture gets very just kind of manufactured, Mm. you know, corporate, whatever, the more we gravitate to these, 
you know, small little mom and pop, local. True. Or the more we gravitate towards more intimate, like raw environments that are just, people are drawn to vulnerability and they want to see someone who's authentic mm. in their, both in their music and in life. So That's really cool. Has that been a journey for you even as a consumer of media, as a lover of music? You know, would you have been a little bit happier to kind of compromise, you know, with the kinds of artists that you really supported growing up versus the ones that you really rally around now, the kinds of books. I don't know if you were a big book reader as a kid. I know you're more of a book reader now, or certainly you are a book reader now. I think really intentionally about music, books, art, movies in a way that I just didn't. And actually there was a lot less access 10 and 15 years ago so how do, especially young people, even navigate all the yeah. options? How do they find the authentic? I think I think the biggest thing when you're young, you're like, oh, I just want to watch shows because my friends are watching them and it's a social thing. I want to keep up with the Kardashians. <laughs> I want to, you know, be able to talk about certain things with my friends and like fit in. Right. But. I'm just thinking of like what we used to have these high school like OC watching parties, you know, or The Bachelor or whatever in college. But now I'm like, my time is so valuable. The older I get, the more I'm like, I ain't going to waste my time doing that. And especially being a mom, I don't have a lot of free time. So I've gotten really picky about what I fill my time with. And is it going to make, A, is it going to make me a better person or enlighten me in some way or inspire me in some way but be like is it gonna leave me with a feeling of peace or hope or joy I think our culture right now is so fascinated with like darkness and Mm. like even these these quote-unquote heroes in in our tv shows and movies are like these conflicted dark characters that are broken and come from just horrible past and you know, they're kind of actually a villain, but, like, you fall in love with them somehow. It's just because it's kind of twisted. Like, there's a lot of dark, you know, we're obsessed with crime stories. We're obsessed with these darker superheroes. or And so I think, and not that that's all bad. I think there's definitely some themes uh, worth dissecting. But I personally, like, when I watch certain shows that are more dark, that don't have any hope, that don't have any true, like positive hero or heroine or storyline it leaves me with this like okay I feel awful right yeah now. like unsettled probably yeah. At times. yeah and I think it's because we're fascinated with our humanity you know we are fallen people like we're flawed but I think we also need hope mm. so I really, don't know really good way of summarizing it because that's that's what real beauty does it gives you hope you know it kind of closes that gap between reality and how things should be and again i have to say that is something that our patrons say constantly about your music we have uh actually an Mm -hmm. apprentice shout out to cameron clutter who mixed all of season one of the love good podcast he's a huge fan of yours Uh because his whole family is a huge fan and actually you might have even done a house concert with them in Columbus, Ohio. Does that sound even remotely possible? Possible, for sure. 
for some reason that rings a bell. Either way, this family is obsessed with your music. That's so sweet. Uh, and so Cameron was like, so sad that I don't think he met you last year until maybe that concert in May. I think that's something that I've heard the clutter say, but also anybody who has encountered your music through Love Good, that it there is something beautiful here that gives me hope. Mm-hmm. And that's a really powerful thing because the world needs hope lest it sink into despair, you know, yeah. as, as you said. So, okay, how does all this play itself out now that you are, in fact, married with one and soon to be two kids? Gosh. Like, I would think you have a whole new perspective on life. And even as you said, your time is just more precious than ever. So you got to be more intentional with mm-hmm. it too, huh? Yeah, it's definitely a delicate balance. And I think just reminding yourself like, yes, you're not perfect. You're going to be winging it and learning along the way. You just kind of have to take things day by day and be give yourself a lot of grace and patience. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard for me. I have a hard time my husband would laugh at this, but I have a hard time asking for help unless <laughs> unless you're my husband and I ask you for everything. No, but I just, I think, you know, I struggle with my pride because I'm like, and I see all these like cool mom bloggers that like have really cute houses and like <laughs> their babies are all so cute, even if they're like a mess on Instagram. You know, it's like. You're, you're just like, oh, am I doing this right? Um, and you're constantly questioning yourself. But I think that's not a bad place to be because it pushes you to stay open-minded and to to always be keeping yourself in check. Like, how could I have done that better? You know, mm. like even with my artistry, like, do I love every decision I've made on my albums, especially going 10, 15 years back? Probably would have done certain things differently. Mm-hmm especially like back to going with my gut or back to being authentically who I am as an artist. But it's a journey. Mm. And part of being an artist and part of being human is being vulnerable and allowing yourself to to change and grow. And when you're in the public realm, when your career happens to be in front of people, they get to kind of see that throughout your tra- trajectory. So... Mm. It's, it can be very humbling. Speaking of, is it exciting, humbling, nerve-wracking to realize that you actually have a music career behind you? I mean, you could keep doing this probably for another couple of decades if you want to. Most people never figure out how to make a living making music for even a mm. few years, and you've figured it out for the beginning of a career. I have? No. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, I'm very proud of my accomplishments. I haven't – I always wanted to do a world tour, never really got <laughs> – quite that far but I mean I'm still alive it could happen it could definitely happen you're really young you've got a lot of time <laughs> but a no I, I'm, pr- I'm proud of the things I've been able to do and the the things I'm most proud of are connections that I've made with people across the world that I never would have met but yeah I'm I'm proud that I'm I'm making money doing this doing tv and film lots of tv and film licensing and co-writing and collaborating with producers on things and even doing background vocal Mm. sessions, which pays really nicely and Mm. just making connections with writers I trust. And I mean, that's, it's been 10 years in the making in this town and I've still got a lot to learn. What's been your favorite sync license up until this point? The, The coolest show or movie that you got featured on? Well, probably my biggest one 
was a song called Break on a show, Fox's Bones. I don't Mm. know if you guys have... I used to watch that show before I got this song on the show, so that was kind of cool. But that was my first big break, pun intended. Uh, uh. And it was a really special moment for me, even though they only used, I think, like three were like the first line isn't that crazy yeah and you don't you're watching it you're like what are they going to use you don't really they don't tell you oh, how much yeah. of the song to expect to be used but that was kind of a calling card that paved the way for my career in licensing mm. doing songs for tv and film or or getting my songs placed on tv and film but actually i've got a really exciting announcement that i haven't announced publicly yet but I think this will be my biggest placement yet. Can I tell? Oh, my gosh. I love good exclusive. We're honored. Yes. (laughs) We are, or I am going to have a song featured from start to finish on Grey's Anatomy. What? What? I know. artist's dream. Uh, Well, when I found that out, I was like, oh, it's still still airing <laughs> it's like season 15 um actually i would have had the same question yeah. myself <laughs> i was like oh but no it's really exciting it's going to be a big moment for me i think just the exposure and then the song in, in and of itself is a, a song that's really special to me i wrote it by myself i was like crying on the couch mascara just <laughs> ugly cry face the whole thing and it's a song called don't know who i am wow a very human song, very honest song, just just trying to figure out next steps in my life. And I was overwhelmed and just kind of feeling lost. Anyways, so that's going to air, I think, end of February, early March. So cool. Um, so likely uh, within a few weeks of this podcast airing. So everybody, if you're not a Grey's Anatomy <laughs> fan, today is your day. That's so cool, Rebecca. It's, congratulations. It's fun. I'm, I'm really excited to see the episode. I need to do some catching up for sure a couple mm. seasons behind now but yeah and I feel like that's actually the opportunity you've given all of us today is to just sort of get caught up on how you're doing what's it like continuing down this pathway of authentic artistry to be how many albums and EPs in total projects oh um, four or five five I think it's amazing yeah. and not a small accomplishment and you've got a, a growing movement of people who really care about culture, who care about hope being a part of culture and beauty being a part of culture, who are ready to keep rallying around who you are and what you have coming down the pipeline, including Grey's Anatomy. I know we got to wrap up here, but you did mention something about the joy, even the pride you feel and those connections that you know have with people all over the world. One of them, from what I understand, is from England, and you've got a really exciting collaboration coming soon. Maybe you could just briefly tease us with that and then we'll, we'll wrap up with your social Sure. It's a a project called Clementine. And my fellow co-writer and friend, Nikki Holland, she wrote and toured for Tears for Fears, Mm. among so many other accomplishments. Amazing pianist. We met in New York on a write, and we've just been writing ever since. So we put together an album and the artist's name is going to be Clementine, but I'll be telling my fans about it from Rebecca Rubion. And we're just super excited about it. I can't wait to get these songs out. It's really, really cool. And that's far off in the distance, at least as far as we're concerned, but we'll be staying in touch. Yes. Um, How do we stay in touch, by the way? Instagram, Twitter, what's your favorite these days? I Instagram, Facebook, probably more so than Twitter, but hey, I'll just, just find me and I'd love to... I'd love to meet you 
on the interwebs. Rebecca Rubion, all one. Rebecca Rubion. There you go. R O U B B I O N. Just one. Oh, I always do that. R O U B I O N. Ah, there it is. Rebecca Rubion, everybody. It's been a total pleasure to have you in the studio. Thanks for being on the podcast this week, Rebecca. We'll do this again sometime. Thanks so much, Jimmy. You got my head spinning and it won't stop. It won't stop. You you got my heart racing and it won't stop, it won't stop You, you got my head spinning and you're walking me to the door You leave me wanting more You, you got my heart racing when you're kissing me goodnight You're making me feel alright You, you got my head spinning now you're walking me down the We've waited for a while You got my heart racing And I can't wait to spend My life holding your hand Y'all, thanks so much as always for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. What a joy to sit down with Rebecca Rubion. You know, you might actually not know this, but there's an interview archive of her and I talking. This would have been before season one of the Love Good podcast. It was kind of one of those beautiful conversations that we kept and released long before this was actually a podcast. And uh, just really cool to watch her journey continue to unfold. She's an amazing woman, an amazing artist, and actually somebody that was featured a few months ago on our YouTube channel with a song called Such Great Heights. And that was a part of a whole night of live music recording with artists like Michelle Mandico and Scott Mulvihill and so many others that we're just privileged uh, to partner with, to come alongside. And this week, we're releasing the latest video in that series. And I kind of hinted at that at the beginning of this episode, but the artist who's featured this week is Scott Mulvihill. All right, this guy's been on tour most of this year with Lauren Daigle, people like Matt Wirtz and Andrew Peterson. He's amazing. And he's got this like upright bass thing that he does. Yeah, it kind of drives the girls wild, but it's mostly just brilliant artistry. And the song is called Fighting for the Wrong Side. So if you're not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, hop on it, make it happen. Check out this new video from Scott. Check out some of the old videos from people like Rebecca, Michelle Mandico. We love you guys. Hope you have an amazing rest of your week as always. And uh, we'll see you around much sooner than later. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to season two of the Love Good podcast. Tell your friends all about us. Stay in touch on social media and be sure to stop by iTunes or Stitcher to give us a review. You can join our movement today by subscribing as a patron at lovegoodculture.com. Start enjoying our seasonal packages that will raise your standard for media and inspire you to build a better culture. We can't wait to accompany you as you change the world.